Hey y'all, this is Allie Spears, your host of the Ag Chicks podcast, where I cultivate connections with the women who are helping feed the world. Holy freaking cow. Season four of the Ag Chicks podcast. So you guys voted for which type of episode you wanted the first episode of the new season to be, and it was pretty unanimous that you wanted a solo episode uh, of just me kind of talking. And then when I asked what you wanted me to talk about for the whole episode, you guys kind of said you wanted a life update. So that is exactly what I'm going to do. So much has happened in the last year, I guess, if we're going in the context of a season. And the fact that this is season four is crazy to me. I was talking with uh, Adrian, actually, this morning, which if you do not know Adrian, Adrian is my photographer. Uh, she is fantastic. She has helped me since literally day one kind of create the vibe, the content, all of the things that have helped make Ag Chicks what it is from a visual standpoint. Uh, she's the best. Um, but she texted me this morning and she was like, hey, First of all, we have been rescheduling a shoot that we have been putting off uh, due to the crazy rain that we've been getting, Uh, but she checked in about the weather for tomorrow, and then she was like, how long has it been? Like, what was the actual date of the first season and Instagram? So I did a deep dive on the Ag Chicks Instagram to really try to figure out, like, what the exact date was, and the first picture I posted that was, like, an actual picture was May 9th of... 2020. And then the first episode I did, which technically I think was a YouTube video because it was kind of a overview of who I was and what my goal was through Ag Chicks was May 11th. So, so crazy to think about as here I sit on May 16th of 2023, that there has been almost 75 episodes, I think it is, about actually over 56,000 listens. And that the audience has continued to grow and the involvement and the engagement has been fantastic in terms of audience and listeners. And I really can't believe that this is where it's at. Uh, I just went and talked to a class actually at Tarleton State, their podcasting class and media class. And one of the students asked me, you know, like, how did you start? Like, why did you start a podcast? And my very honest answer always is that I probably had no business, no business starting a podcast. And truthfully, I don't even really listen to podcasts, um, which now the reason has changed because I don't want to get ideas and then think that I came up with it and use it in my podcast and copy somebody. Um, I, it's easier for me to just kind of keep, keep my mind on what I've got going on. Uh, but that's just like, wasn't my thing. And so the fact that I started the podcast and that it has, grown into what it is is kind of crazy. Um, The fact that I've figured out how to do mostly everything on my own, edited, scheduled, found guests, created uh, content in terms of like advertising of the episodes, um, editing in terms of the, the episode of like the audio version and then also the YouTube version. It's just so crazy to sit here and think about. As I go into my 27th year that I have a podcast, something that was never on my plan. Um, I have a decent social media presence. Again, 
was not even really into social media before I started Ag Chicks and have been allowed and provided with so many incredible opportunities over the last couple years. It's just been such a journey. And so for those of you who are listening, I want to thank you, first of all, for being here and listening and being supportive because truthfully, I mean, I would not be here unless you guys listened and tuned in. And so that is such a blessing to me and I truly am so thankful for that. Um, So I kind of wanted to just start the episode kind of reflecting a little bit on where we've been uh, before I kind of get into thoughts about the future and kind of what has happened in the last year in terms of my own personal life. Uh, So just I guess to jump right in here, the last five months have been, well the last year has been crazy, but the last five months have been nonstop. The year started off with me headed to, uh, well, first of all, being stuck in the Southwest chaos that was the holiday travel extravaganza. Uh, I was stuck in the Austin airport for, I think it was like 48 hours by the time it was all said and done. Met a lot of really cool people, actually. Uh, Nothing else to do when you're sitting there besides, you know, talk about the miseries with everyone else around you. Uh, So met some really cool people. Had a really good chat with a guy at Waffle House by the Austin airport. Um, Waited in line for a very, 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 very long time with some people. Uh, Yeah, it was an experience. And I have a tendency to be a little bit negative about things. But for some reason, I was very positive throughout the entire experience. And I think, like, it's a blessing that I was because I don't know if I would have made it. If if not, I probably would have just said forget it and come home but that was there was a point where I realized like oh my god I'm not gonna make it home for Christmas and that was really scary because in at that point 26 years I had never not been home for Christmas and my family has a tradition of having Christmas Eve at our house and that's like my favorite like holiday favorite family tradition of all time like my dad makes his Christmas soup that is a family recipe and everyone comes over to our house and that's like my favorite thing about Christmas and so the fact that I missed that part but then wasn't able to make it home for Christmas again so thankful because I know there are so many people who were not able to make it home or to their destination Um, but I was able to get out and the whole like actually boarding the plane was its own story for another time Uh, but yeah so that's where the year started and then I got um, came back to Texas then like I think the next week we went I went to Nashville for one of my best friends from high school's bachelorette party. Had such an incredible weekend with them in Nashville. Uh was a little bit nervous going into it just because Allie and I haven't really I mean we've obviously stayed in contact, otherwise she probably would not have asked me to be in her wedding. Um, but didn't know the girls going into it. And it was so nice to be around women who are motivated and doing incredible things. They are pretty much all like going to be doctors, lawyers, um, work in the music industry. So really cool things. And it was really nice just to kind of be around uh, other like-minded individuals who are working their booties off to kind of get to where their goals are. So that was such a fun weekend. And then obviously Nashville. How could you not have a good time in Nashville? Then we came home. I don't know why I keep saying we. Then I came home and went to Atlanta for my real job as I say uh and spent a week in Atlanta at the international let me think about this because I always get the piece messed up international processing and production expo it might be production and processing but either way those are definitely the two p's uh in Atlanta Georgia which is like a huge 
international conference, um, mostly focused on the poultry industry. So I was there manning the booth for the poultry science department and then came home from that trip. And let's see, what was the next trip after that? Oh, my mom and I, I think literally, yeah, I think I got home on Thursday and then on Monday, I want to say of that next week, I went to New Orleans with my mom for CattleCon. Uh, what did we do there? We met with a couple different companies and then we had a good time on Bourbon Street. I had never been to New Orleans and it had been several years since my mom went. And so we had a good time just kind of hanging out and, uh, doing a little mother daughter trip. That was also kind of a business trip. Then got home from that and then went back to Nashville to celebrate my brother's 21st birthday. It was actually his 22nd birthday, but it was kind of a celebration of, the past two years because we didn't really get to do anything for his 21st then um what else do we have going on then we went to Washington DC uh for Allie's wedding so the the wedding that I was in which was such a fun weekend uh Ty got to go with me so that was fun for him to be able to travel and meet all of the people basically from my childhood um and then also my parents were there for that so it was a nice little weekend away and came home from that and went to Denver, Colorado uh, for the in-person training for Trailblazers. And so I'll talk a little bit more about Trailblazers here in just a minute. Um, but that was such a cool experience to be there for a week. And then that pretty much got us to last week. And then there were some also some kind of week trips here and there for work, um, whether that was like San Antonio, Austin, Houston. Uh, I feel like I went to Dallas at one point. I don't remember for what, uh, but just kind of a lot of on the road time the past couple months, but it has been really fun. Um, I am sitting here looking at one, two, three, three suitcases that are still packed just because I've literally been coming home, dropping one, grabbing the next, throwing stuff in the next bag, praying to the good Lord that I have enough clean clothes to make it through the next week. I have, oh, probably four or five loads of laundry for just my personal self that I need to do. Um, but no trips planned really for the foreseeable future, like big trips in terms of, um, like ag chicks or personal business trips. Um, I will be going to Fort Worth in July for work. Um, and then we've got some things that I will be like, uh, poultry judging camps this summer and stuff that I will be in town, but not at home for, um, And that's kind of where things are in terms of traveling. It's been a fast and furious kind of past couple months. So it's been nice to be home the past couple. Okay, I think this is now my second full week home in the past five months. So I've enjoyed being at home and being with the dogs. They were probably like, who is this strange woman that keeps coming in the night and leaving in the morning? Um, But thank goodness for Ty because he has been able to take care of everything at home while I've been gone and just um I can leave feeling confident that things will be taken care of at home which is really nice to have that support system at home Um, and then also my family because they are if they're not busy and I need someone to go with me they can hop on a plane and meet me wherever I gotta go so that's been nice too and kind of had some fun unexpected trips this year as well through that Um, so in addition to all the traveling that's been going on I have also been still working on my PhD So at this point, I'm hoping to graduate with my PhD in fall of 24. So 
this time next year, I will hopefully be wrapping up my last couple classes that I need to take, and then I will be rolling into starting my research. And so if you're not familiar like with how PhD programs work, uh, at least for me, how it has worked because I kind of opted out of, or not opted out of, but I um, transitioned over my master's program and went straight into my PhD. I'm having to complete 96 hours of coursework and then um, I'll do my research that will be used towards my dissertation. So once I finish my classes next spring, then I will be doing research that summer and fall and also at the same time, hopefully writing my dissertation to hopefully graduate in, in the fall of 24. Um, that's my goal. Everyone keeps telling me I'm crazy, but I'm on track to do that still. Um, over the past well, two years, I guess it's been at this point, um, I've maintained my uh, acceleration <laughs> through the process. Um, this is, I will say, for anyone who's thinking about grad school, I would say that Definitely make sure that the program you choose and the people that you are in the program with are um, like individuals you find as a support system, but also like that the people within the program, faculty, whether that be faculty, students, staff are supportive of you. And if they're not like find a different program, find a different chair. I've been so lucky in the fact that my chair and the, the faculty members that I've worked with have been supportive of like, okay, this is what you want to do. Let, how do we get you to that point? And so I think I've heard horror stories from other people where they're like, oh my gosh, no, that's not how it worked for me. And so I'm very thankful that that's how it's been for me and that my um, chair or um, yeah, my faculty chair has been supportive in that way and really focused on how can we get you to your next goal. And so yeah, so in terms of research, uh, I don't remember if I ever really talked about kind of my goals through research. And I know one of the questions that I got was, what's your dream job? Um, so I guess I'll go into that a little bit. So my dream job, um, which let me talk about my research first, and then I'll kind of go into that because I think they kind of go hand in hand. So when I started my program, I kind of went in with this illusion of, oh, I'm sure everyone's going to be wanting to research, you know, social media and communicating with consumers and, you know, blah, 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 like the, the gap and the bridge between producers and consumers. And I really found that there were some, but that wasn't the overall focus of individuals who were kind of focusing in agricultural communications. And so I really kind of have created my program, I guess, um, I don't want to say on my own, but created a program that works for me and has highlighted different facets that I think is important to the research and kind of my bigger agenda of how do we as agriculturalists better communicate with consumers. And so it's been a lot of trials and tribulations in terms of creating and picking what factors are going to help me get to my end goal? Because this is, uh, like I said, there's been, I mean, there's obviously lots of studies about consumers and stuff like that, but kind of the specific areas that I'm wanting to look at is kind of uncharted waters a little bit still. Um, for me, and then also kind of at A&M in terms of like the research that's been done and the faculty that are there in the area of expertise that I'm interested in. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, and so that's been an interesting process to kind of navigate like, okay, I'm not really getting where I need to be in terms of, or I'm not getting the answers I need from this route. What are some alternative routes we can look at to get to that, that final answer, hopefully. And so for me, um, because I am involved with the poultry science department and then because of my bigger goal my end goal of being able to teach and so you know to if I were to paraphrase my my dream job my dream job would be to create a class uh, a course at Texas A&M or anywhere else I guess if if A&M didn't work out eventually Um, but create a course where we are teaching students in the College of Ag and Life Sciences how to better communicate with the modern consumer. So using social media and platforms where consumers are at on a daily, potentially hourly basis, how can we leverage that as agriculturalists to connect with those people who are going to be in the grocery stores buying the products of agriculture? And so that is what my goal is, is to be able to teach. And then to kind of wrap that into like dream career, dream job would be to teach, um, to speak on that it, that topic and issue, um, use my research to back up kind of those areas of focus, and then also to have um, do some consulting work. So to grow kind of ag chicks more into a consulting route, to have the podcast obviously still as a, a piece of it, but to really kind of work with agricultural companies in, okay, this is what the research says. Um, what do you want to look at? Do we need to create conduct research to kind of get to a better answer here? Or does this, can this research inform um, how you as a company can create your messaging and better cater your messaging to really connect with the end goal or excuse me, with the end consumer? Um, And so um, just kind of putting out messages that represent the industry as a whole. Now I know you don't want to blanket label the industry because there's so many different facets of it, but just kind of making sure that from an ag industry standpoint, like we are kind of all on the same page uh, to create messaging that is positive for us in the long run. And so that's kind of my end goal through all of that and kind of my big pie in the sky type of dream to kind of get towards. Um, And so my dissertation has not been approved yet, so <laughs> I don't think anyone from my committee is listening, but if they are, um, you'll be hearing about this soon. Uh, but kind of throughout the semester, I took a class where I was creating a proposal to then take to my committee. And so my proposal is really kind of based off of uh, using the poultry industry because poultry is the number one most consumed protein in the United States, second in the world. Um, however, we don't have a ton of research on what consumers, like what's important to consumers in terms of messaging. And then on the flip side of that, we don't really, there's like no information in terms of what industry individuals think consumers want to know. And so really trying to find the overlap between the two and kind of avenues we can take as agricultural communicators to kind of better that entire system. Um, So that's where my dissertation's at right now. We'll be spending the summer really I spent the semester basically diving deep into the literature of kind of 
what's already there, what already exists. Um, but we'll be spending the summer kind of refining that proposal and really looking more into methods and kind of how I'm going to approach all of this and if I can get it done on my timeline, which is really the big question and big goal there. So, um, so yeah. And so kind of another exciting thing that happened this so far in 2023 was being, um, accepted and, and being a part of the, uh, NCBA, the National Cattle Men's Beef Association Trailblazer Program. And so that's a program that started uh, last year, and I'm a part of the second cohort, if you will, for that program. And so really the mission behind it and kind of the goal behind it is to have kind of boots on the ground to advocate for the beef community, the beef industry, beef as a product, cattle, um, cattlemen, kind of all of those different areas um, that are covered by NCBA, including the beef checkoff, uh, beef for, is what's for dinner. And so I spent, um, I guess it's been two weeks now, uh, in, in Denver, Colorado for about four days with the other nine members of our our team, our cohort, this year's cohort, really deep diving into kind of all the different history and facets of the NCBA um, beef checkoff, kind of all of those different programs that are associated with that. And then how can we really define our message and, and create something that is, uh, we can feel confident going to audiences and talking about, uh, one of my favorite parts of the entire week was when we did media interviews. And so the first day we went in there and they were like, okay, what's, what are the topics that you feel confident talking about? You know? And so for me, I kind of said, you know, women in agriculture, um, being a generational producer, cow calf operation, um, seed stock operations, those kinds of things. And then they're like, okay, great. What are you not comfortable talking about? And so first thing out of my mouth was sustainability. And so, um, and, and that was kind of across the board. That was the same question they asked all of all nine of us. Um, one of our, or excuse me, all eight of us, one of our members was, was unable to um, attend, but, so that was the first interview. They kind of, uh, no preparation. You sit down and they start asking you questions like you were on a news um, interview, basically. And I mean, we were sitting in the studio, lights, camera, action, the whole nine yards. Uh, and so that was very nerve wracking. And then the next day, we kind of, that morning, like our group was talking about it at breakfast and we we're like, oh shoot, like they're going to, they're going to hammer us today on the things we said we weren't comfortable on. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Uh, but it was such a great learning opportunity because it, it really, for me, at least it, it made me think about, okay, if I were in a situation like this, first of all, like control your facial expression, control your voice, control your kind of emotional reaction to things and think through it in a way that, uh, doesn't, you know, put you in a corner where then you're having to answer even tougher questions, um, only answering things that are truthful, uh, you know, have been backed up by some type of research or your own experiences. And so it was such a good learning opportunity for myself. Um, as I am starting to travel a lot more and do a lot more public speaking, um, which is also something I, you know, going back to the dream job thing, I would love to do more of that just from a, um, an advocate standpoint. And then also just kind of as a, a teaching instructor standpoint as well. And so for me, it was a really good opportunity to kind of really focus on those different skills that I needed to refine. And then we also did kind of mock panels, which were really fun because as a group, we kind of got to answer 
things. And uh, for one of them, I was a moderator. So really got to put on the podcast host hat for that one and ask the questions, which was a lot better than being in the hot seat to answer them. Um, But it's, I think whenever I go do these things with agriculture industry um, or the beef industry, obviously for, for trailblazers, I walk away from it with such an appreciation, again, just from the industry. You know, I often say like, I'm a fourth generation rancher. Um, and being in the position I'm in right now in terms of we have a very, very small herd in Texas. Um, if you are not familiar, uh, Willow was kind of our launching pad into the cattle business in Texas. Um, and since Willow, which was also kind of the nudge for, for ag chicks in order, or kind of getting back to my agricultural roots. Um, so that was, Willow was 2020. Um, and I'm looking out our window right now and we have uh, three heifers. So, or excuse me, I guess we've got technically four if we count Willow. So we've got all right, okay, we've got three cows. We've got Willow, um, our black heifer, and then our black and white cow. And then we've got uh, a calf who is a heifer from June of last year. So she will be uh, a cow, or she'll be a year old here in June. And then we have a bull calf that was born in February. And then we just added a bull to the herd. Um, so fingers crossed we'll have three more at some point next spring. Um, and we are building up our own little operation here at our, uh, the house ranch and building pens, have a shoot that's we're in the process of restoring, um, with Potter river, which has been a really fun experience. And so, you know, we're, we're making very small steps to kind of get to where we would like to be potentially doing some direct to consumer stuff or just having kind of a cow calf type of, of, um, operation or ranch. Um, but, Saying all that to say, you know, as I go to all these places and talk with all these different people, it's always so refreshing, first of all, to know that, you know, there's a lot of negative information about agriculture in general kind of out there just because it's, those are the louder voices that we are typically hearing. However, when you really get to interact with those who are in the thick of it day in, day out, it's so refreshing because it gives you the perspective of like, these are incredible people that are truly putting food on the plates of the world. And so to know that I know those people and to know that I know those types of people is, it makes me feel so connected to the whole process and the whole system. Um, obviously I get to interact with incredible women. That's the whole point of ag chicks on a very regular basis, but kind of those off the record types conversations are really my favorite. Um, and then those situations where you're just kind of in, in the depths of just, the industry and kind of the vastness of it. And then getting to learn how every different producer, how they do things on their operation or, um, how, you know, I learned a ton about feedlots that I did not know about, um, a ton about, uh, bull sales, semen sales, stuff like that, that I just don't think about. Cause it's just not what I do every day. And so getting to know those types of people and, and knowing what they get to do and the piece that they play in this kind of grander, scheme of food production, um, is really great. And it always leaves me feeling too, like, um, we're going to be okay. Agriculture is going to be okay. And our future is, is bright, um, because we have individuals who are willing to take time out of their busy schedules to go and sit there for four days and learn. And I'm not talking about myself when I say that, like, this was an incredible opportunity that I'm so thankful about. But when I hear about all the other things that all of these other people are doing, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm sitting in a room with some truly incredible people and some truly incredible 
advocates for the beef industry. And I'm so thankful that we have those people on our side because those are the people that are really going to help to make the difference. And so very thankful and excited about that opportunity. I think we've got some fun stuff uh, and exciting stuff coming up for that group. And I'm excited to kind of work with those individuals from all facets of life and all across the country to continue to advocate for the beef industry and, and hopefully agriculture as a whole too. So that's another thing that's been going on. And then what else do we have? I feel like I've talked, oh my gosh, I'm already at 27 minutes. And here I was thinking, how am I even going to get 15 minutes out? Um, uh, what else? What else do we have to cover? For those of you who have been asking about house updates, which I know there's been a few of you, we are in the house. Uh, we've been in the house now for over a year, I guess. We just got our porches finally built and put on um, there's still not a single thing hanging on our walls. Uh, I got a really cool picture for my birthday that my mom gave me, uh, when we were in Round Top and it's a cow. It's like a white, black and white print from our, uh, photographer friend who we met in Round Top that was set up next to us in the booth. And so very excited to find which wall I want to put that on and all of the other piles of pictures and signs and stuff I have sitting there. I just, I don't know what wall to put things on and I just, they're so clean and crisp right now and I'm afraid to hang things. Um, but that's on my agenda for this summer is to really finish decorating our house because at this point it just echoes because there's nothing on the walls. Um, but along those lines, we did set up in Round Top for Junk and Disorderly. So if you're not familiar with that, that is the business that I do with my mom. Uh, and so we have shopped Round Top for probably the last six years, seven years, maybe whenever we bought my parents bought my house in town. Yeah. Probably about seven years now. And then that's kind of how that business started is we started shopping and people wanted things. And so we loaded up the livestock trailer and took a bunch of stuff back to Brentwood, California and did barn sales at our property. And we still do those barn sales, uh, but our business has evolved quite a bit since then. And so not only do we do the barn sales, uh, but then we also do vendor events. So one of the vendor events is now Round Top, which is kind of crazy to think about because uh, the very first time we went as junk and disorderly, uh, my mom said like, wouldn't it be crazy to have a booth here? And now we have a booth here. Now we just finished our second show um, and we will be set up again in the fall for our third show. So that's been a good thing for us to do together and then an exciting kind of new route in terms of adding our customer base and all of that good stuff. And then another facet of Junk and Disorderly is our junk journeys. So if you are into farmhouse, antique, chippy, junky decor, all of the fun things, uh, we do basically guided shopping experiences in Round Top, Texas. So the package covers uh, food, um, transportation, shipping, uh, like basically like a once you land in Austin, we take care of everything and take you on a on a junk journey through a round top and show you the best places to shop, the best places to uh, get good deals, best places to eat, our favorite vendors, all of the things that we love about round top. And, um, in, in April, I was joking with my mom. I was like, the only way to describe round top is like an adult summer camp because it's just like a bunch of people out in the field having a good old time for a month and buying all cool sorts of really cool things that you can't find anywhere else. So, if Round Top sounds like your jam, 
please let me know because we are now um, booking for our fall junk journeys. So we do have, um, I think about 10 spots left. So let me know or check out our website at uh, junk-n-disorderly.com and we would be happy to have you join us. Um, besides that, still got some great great apparel on the Ag Chick site. If you're looking for a new hat or shirt or uh, stickers, got lots of good stuff on there. And I'm just super excited because of what we have in store for season four. I'm so, I say so excited. I wish, I need a new adjective, I guess. Um, or is that an adverb? Anyways, I can't wait for you guys to hear another season of incredible stories from incredible women who are helping to feed the world. And I'm so thankful that I get to be the person that gets to help share their stories. And so um, thank you for tuning in. And I can't wait for another season of Ag Chicks. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Ag Chicks for more agricultural related content. And also be sure to check out your favorite podcast here from www.agchicks.net. We'll see you next time.